As always, it's so good to be with you. And how was your week? Can you believe another one has passed? Boy, they're going fast, aren't they? And they're very challenging sometimes. It seems like the weeks we've been having recently. But I hope that you're hanging in there with it. There's a lot of reasons why we can. And some of those reasons we're going to look at today as we look at this wonderful story of the transfiguration of Jesus. Another great week at the home place here, the parish home place. This is your parish home place. A couple things have taken place. We had our second fish fry, and it was peppered with snow. Uh, very interesting. Also, spring officially begins next weekend. So uh, you can put that on your calendar. Also, we started construction or assembly of the, ball, of the uh, playground. I've never seen so many nuts and bolts. I mean, they got boxes of them out there, literally boxes of tons of nuts and bolts, different sizes. I feel for those guys putting that stuff together. But the uh, Viking boat is almost put together. It's still in dry dock right now, but hopefully within the next couple of weeks, it'll be out of dry dock and it'll really begin to look like a boat. Lots to do. But really the thing I really want to brag on you about today is your generosity. Last week, we, I issued a challenge to you about giving to support those who are suffering in Ukraine. And you listened. You heard very, very well. As a matter of fact, uh, within the course of a week, you gave $30,000 to go to Ukraine to help those that are suffering. Isn't that awesome? I tell you, that, uh, that's, that's inspiring to me. I, I really am proud of you. And here's, here's one of the things about doing good in the world. It, it uh, rubs off on other people. See, when you do good, you inspire others, like me, to do good. See, I, you bring out the best in me, and I bring out the best in you. That's, uh, that's part of being giving and loving and caring. That's, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. You inspire me to be my best because in you, as this time and as in many occasions, I see the feet, I see the hands, and I see the face of Jesus. That's why I praise God for you each and every day, and I also pray for you each and every day. Well, this morning's gospel reading can be described with two words. Two words, and they are these, wonder and inspiration. Wonder and inspiration. Uh, the transfiguration is, is a story that we're all very well familiar with because it's such a moving experience. It, it, there's so many pieces to it that really move and inspire and, and give us a sense of wonder. But before we go there, I want to take just a moment to set the stage for what's about to happen. The thing to remember is first, Remember that. First, first things, the first time this happened. Actually, there's three firsts that happened over the course of the week that really set the stage for what's about to happen. The first one was six days prior to this. Uh, that's when Peter professed Jesus for the first time as the Messiah, the Son of God. Didn't, uh, didn't did you remember Jesus saying, but who do you say that I am? Okay, that's when he said that. And, G and Peter, sort of the spokesperson at that point now for the whole group, he said, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. 
And right after that, we get another first. Jesus had not announced this up to this point, but now he does. He announces that he would suffer, die, and be raised again on the third day. Now, by the time he said suffered and died, they didn't hear this last part. They really didn't hear it. They really didn't get it. Even when the tomb was empty, it was after that that they really began to believe. And, and that's understandable. You know, most people don't come back from the dead, do they? Uh, so that's understandable to see that. But what it did, it put, put the disciples in a, group, in a state of shock. It's like, this just can't be happening. This can't be happening. So two firsts. And uh, they had a rough week. There's no doubt about it. You know, if, if your best friend had told you what was going to happen, how would you feel? Would you be thinking about it? Well, of course you would. Of course you'd be thinking about it. It would weigh heavily on your mind. And Jesus, being, uh, he was such an intuitive person, uh, he could see the anxiety on the faces of his apostles. So he calls three of them, Peter, James, and John, and he says to those three, Let's go up on the mountain. Let's go up on the mountain. Um, one thing you've got to remember about the 12 apostles, there was uh, the scriptures sort of create an inner circle. There's an inner circle of three of the apostles that are out of the 12 that being apostles. Those three are James, Peter, and John. And you'll notice on numerous occasions in the scripture that Jesus takes those three and says, let's go do this, let's go do that. See, they had, a, they had a tremendous mission ahead of them. They were going to face some challenges that a lot of the other apostles didn't have to face. And he knew they were on the way to Jerusalem right now. They were on, and he was on his way to be crucified. Uh, and it was going to be an extremely challenging time for them. So he says, boy, you need to get pumped up. You need, you need some encouragement because things are going to really go south on you here. You need some encouragement. And so he gives another first. Here's another first. This is the third, third one of the first. The, third, the first is this. He's thinking as they're walking up the mountain, what could I do to encourage them? What could I do? Oh, I know what I can do. I'm going to show them my glory. Glory is a big word in this story. I'm going to show them my glory. I'm going to let them see who I really am. I'm going to let them see the majesty, the, the beauty of who I am. And so that's what he says I'm going to do. His glory. Well, we all need encouraging, don't we? And there's nothing a greater pick-me-up than to see or to experience the glory of God. Because when we, when we gaze upon the wonder of God, when we are inspired by God, guess what? What happens? We're encouraged. We, don't, we tend not to look at our circumstances, but we look at him and we say, you know, all will be well. All will be well. Because God is in his glory. And that's really important. Well, do you need a pick-me-up this morning? Do you need one? Um, you know, it's been, we've had some rough weeks lately, haven't we? And we're not done yet. I wish I could say that we were, but we're not. And, but that's okay. See, it's in times like these that Jesus invites each and every one of us to 
withdraw with him for a while in order to see his glory. That is, to see him as he really is, as we uh, find in the 24th Psalm. What, what did it say? See, Jesus, there's glory, but there's supreme glory. Jesus is supreme glory. What did Psalm 24, 3 said? Who is this king of glory? You know, king is different than servant. Who is this king of glory? Well, it is the Lord, strong and mighty. So he's going to give them now a vision of his glory. Well, as they were praying, they finally got to the mountaintop. As they were praying, well, Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do. He shows them his glory. His face begins to be transfigured, doesn't it? Uh, you know, it starts to glow. It has a brilliant white glow to it. That's, uh, you know, there's this metamorphosis that's going on, this transformation that's uh, taking place. Transfiguration is what it's called, you know. That's sort of the fancy word for it. He's being transfigured is what's happening. Then his clothes, even his clothes, I mean, uh, they start to, it says they're whiter than anybody could ever wash them or bleach them. You know, uh, that's how white they were. They were dazzling white. And uh, see, he's showing them his glory is what he's doing. Pace of who he is. Uh, you know, he's kept that at a low, at a low uh, pace, at a low level. But now he says, you need to see this. You really need to see this. And they wouldn't see it again until the resurrection. At the resurrection, they'd see it again, the glory of his resurrection. Uh, but uh, so he wants them to be renewed, and, and that's exactly what begins to take place. See, wonder, when you live in the wonder of who God is and what God can do, when you truly see the glory of who he is, guess what? You're strengthened. You're strengthened by whatever you're dealing with or challenged by here. That's what he was doing with his three friends. They were strengthened because they saw the glory of Jesus. I love the words of Paul. Paul, he, he really nails it. He hits, the, he hits the nail on the head when he says this. Listen to these words. When you think about what you're going through today, the rough times you're going through today, listen to what he said. He knew what he was talking about because he lived it constantly. He said, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is being revealed to us. Think about that. The suffering is nothing in comparison. It's not even worth comparing. You can't even put it beside the glory of who God is and the glory that is being revealed to us through Jesus. See, there's some strength. See, the glory of Jesus, it reminds me of some other examples in the scriptures about glory. There's John's experience. Uh, he was there that day. John's experience of heavenly glory. Listen to what John wrote in the last chapter of the book of Revelation. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things in heaven. See, God took him up into heaven to see what heaven was. He, he really got to see the glory. Uh, he really did. And uh, he said this, and when I heard these things and when I saw these things, what did he do? I fell down. I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel. And the angel says, hey, John, don't worship me. 
I didn't do this. Worship God. That's who you need to worship. Worship God. See, I call it the weak knee syndrome. You ever had that? It's called the weak knee syndrome. When you are placed in the glory, in the presence of the glory of God, your knees get weak. You're, you're blown away. That's what you are. You're blown away. It's just like, wow. And that's what happened to John. Uh, that's what happened to the apostles, Peter, James, and John. If you read the other accounts of the story, what happened after all that took place? They got weak knees, and they went down on their knees, and they went so far as to go down on their face. You know, they were just like, my Lord, what in the world is going on here? And uh, Jesus had to come up to him after it was over, and he had to tap him on the shoulder. He said, okay, boys, it's time to go down the hill. we got to go back down to where the people are. And uh, see, they saw the glory. They got a vision of the glory. And then there's the, the glory of Jesus. It reminds me of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel and his experience with God's glory. Beautiful experience. See, a vision, uh, Ezekiel was the prophet who saw the vision of the Lord filling the temple. Listen to what he said. He said, when the creatures moved, he's talking about the seraphim. He said, I heard the sound of their wings like the roar of rushing waters. Above their heads was what looked like a throne of sapphire. And on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, and he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire and brilliant light surrounded him. What do you think Ezekiel did? We need syndrome, didn't he? He says, when I saw it, I fell face down. He's another one that went like this. My gosh, this is God. Here's the reality of God. And that's exactly what we're seeing today in this story. It'll bring you to your knees. I mean, it really will. Well, you might say, well, if I experienced something like that, I, I probably would be filled with wonder as well. And I would be encouraged. But nothing really comes to mind like that that I know of. Really? Really? Are you sure about that? What do you call this? This is the Eucharist. This is Christ's body and blood, his real body and blood, his real presence. That's his glory being shown to you. That's his glory being shown to you. So maybe you do see the glory. Uh, I remember one time, now this was, you have to forgive me for this, this was when I was just coming into the Catholic Church. Uh, I had a spiritual director and I said to her, I said, you think it'd be okay if I uh, just crawled up to receive the Eucharist on my knees? She said, you better not do that. <laughs> you better not do that. that I, that's, you know, I was so enthralled with the Eucharist. I wanted to, I, was, I didn't have knees, man. I had the weak knee syndrome. I just wanted to crawl up there to, and just to, to be able to receive it. But she, she turned my mind on that one. But that's the glory of God. You received that today. Well, you say, well, if I experienced something like what Jesus gave to these disciples, I, I would be renewed as well. 
but nothing comes to mind. Really? What about this? What is this? This is the Word of God. The Word of God. Think about that. This isn't some human's word. This is the Word of God. You're seeing the glory of God right there, aren't you? Well, see, these are some of the wonderful, beautiful things that take place. Glory's all around us. What did, what did the psalm, what did David say? He said, the earth is full of the glory of God. It's everywhere. You just got to be tuned into it. That's the key. You got to tune into it. You do that, and you'll experience it all over the place. I mean, the scriptures teach us that. Well, so uh, one of the things, you know, wonder. Wonder. The glory of God leads us to wonder. Then this final and second word to describe the experience is, after they had caught a glimpse of who Christ was, his glory, his wonder, they were filled with inspiration. They were inspired. I, oh boy, I like that. Um, here's a real lesson. I mean, here, this is some great, great, fantastic truth. See, what happened was when they saw who God, who Jesus was, they saw him for who he really was when his glory was shining bright. Guess what happened? They forgot about their problems. They forgot about their problems. All those worries, worries about their friends and everything, they forgot about them. See, they were filled with inspiration. And their minds were lifted above. They were elevated above their concerns. And they were engulfed, literally, in the blazing light of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The glory of God filled them with inspiration. Uh, that's why Peter said this. He said, uh, Lord, this is good. Let's just stay right here. Now, who could blame him for that? I'm going to build three tents. Lord, I'll build three tents and we'll sit up here. We'll worship you. We'll worship Moses. We'll worship Elijah. This is, this is a really good place. Uh, well, who could blame him for saying that? I'd want to do that. Lord, let's stay up here. I don't have a, I don't have a problem in the world. <laughs> All my problems just went up like smoke when I compare it to who you are. See, Jesus had recharged them. He had recharged them. And they had forgotten about their problems. Now, there's a life lesson. When we put our faith, when we put our trust in God, no matter what it is that we're going through, we can still be elevated with the glory of God. It really, the, the, this story reminds me of Paul's experience of heaven. Paul was another one that uh, the angels came and got him and took him up to heaven and gave him, let him see what the glory of heaven was like. Listen to what he said. He said, I was caught up into paradise. I heard inexpressible things and surpassingly great revelations. What a beautiful thing. He didn't know what to say. Uh, and this goes along very well, very nicely with today's second reading where Paul also said this. He said, my dear brothers and sisters, this is to the church of Philippi. He said, 
the minds of many of you are occupied with earthly things. There's that whoa kind of thing. He says, but our citizenship, see, Paul had learned this. He said, our glory is where? It's in heaven. That's what he said, isn't it? He said, our glory is in heaven. And he said, because of that, brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm. Rise above all of these things because your glory, your citizenship is not here. This is nothing. Yours is in heaven. So stand firm. Isn't that beautiful? This morning. Wow, that's awesome. Well, it's all around you. Thoughtful reflection this morning. Jesus' glory is all around you. It's everywhere. Look for it, especially in just a few moments when the precious body and blood of Jesus is placed in your hand. And find when you receive it renewed strength for all your struggles that you're going through right now. God bless all of you.